Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. This is Pastor Mike Barnett, and once again on this Wednesday morning, I am without my co-pilot, Associate Pastor Corey Cantrell, who is not able to be with me in the studio today. You know, our theme yesterday was on the subject of joy, and I'm going to continue that today. We'll get back to Galatians once uh, Pastor Corey is back with us, but we're going to continue the thought about joy, and I'll say more about that in a moment. But it is my joy to introduce today's guest co-pilot, and I have none other than my youngest son, Benjamin Barnett, in the studio today. So I'd like to have him just say hello to everybody. Hello. And there you have it. He's a man of many words. Maybe outside of the studio he has many words, but in here he's sticking to just a, a minimal few. But he's joining me as my sidekick today, so you'll be hearing from him. And uh, he's going to help out with a special segment because, you know, it is Wednesday. And, of course, being Wednesday, you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's Wednesday's Word of the Week. And because I was having Benjamin join in the studio today, I thought, well, why not let him choose today's Wednesday Word of the Week? And so I asked him on the way in this morning if he would like to do that and what word he would choose and he came up with one and so what is today's word the word of the week is zoinks zoinks huh what in the world does that word mean it is an ex- exclamation experiencing su- surprise fear or shock an exclamation expressing surprise fear or shock well who uses that kind of word Shaggy, the teenage detective from Scooby-Doo, he is a lazy, cowardly, longtime friend of his cowardly dog, Scooby-Doo. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Who introduced you to Scooby-Doo, by the way? Josiah. Oh, your older brother. That figures. And you got some trivia for us about Shaggy from Scooby-Doo that I bet our listeners won't know. What is Shaggy's real name? Mm. Norville Rogers. Norville Rogers. Huh, I wonder if he's kin to Buck Rogers. Who knew that Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, his real name was Norville Rogers? Well, that's some trivia to go along with uh, the word this week. There you have it, folks. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is this week's Wednesday Word of the Week. So uh, I think that one's going to be one that people could probably incorporate into their day. They're going to have something happen at work today or around the house. It's going to be an occasion of surprise, and they're going to be able to say, Zoinks! Is that how Shaggy says it? No. How does Shaggy say it? Zoinks. (laughs) Zoinks! Well, anyway, yesterday I was on the subject of joy, And today I'm continuing on that theme. It's just been a theme in my heart over the last few days. Matter of fact, I have spoken about this here at the church in our prayer meeting on Monday night and uh, again uh, in revival meeting this week, speaking about these things of joy. And I just feel like it's the topic that's needed. I feel like it's a message for the hour that we find ourselves in. You know, if you're 
paying attention to what's going on in the world around us today. I would say joy tops somewhere at the top of the list of things that seem to be missing in society, but we certainly don't want those things to be missing in our hearts and in our homes as believers. So let me read this text. It is from Psalm 85, and it says, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. You have to warn me if you're going to do that. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? And now this verse is one that you've probably heard a lot around revival times, and it makes sense. He says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And as I think about revival, and as it relates to the church today, our church here, the church in America, and the church around the world, and think about what sort of revival could the church use in this day? And I, I can think of several things. We could use a revival of authentic faith, for example. And by that I mean authentic faith in actually believing the words of Jesus and believing in the sense that we are acting on them and obeying them and not simply just acknowledging as as good words or beautiful words or saying that they're important, but actually building our life on them. I think we could use a revival of community life in the church. I have begun to see a gap between the life of the church described in Scripture and the life of the church that I have known in my lifetime. We have, as a church, you know, our churches, we have association, we have gatherings, but it often feels more like a collection of individuals than a community or a body. I think we need a revival of spiritual mindedness where we are operating from the deeper part of our soul, deeper than the feelings and ideas, but we're, we're, we're moving and living and doing and thinking from the place where genuine conviction has been born in us by a devotion to God, a desire for God that cannot be quenched in this world by this world, and so we are driven to the pursuit of God's way. That would be a good revival. Now, these things all sound a bit heavy and complex, perhaps. But I will say they are all possible for thirsty believers. But when I think about the kind of revival that we could use, there's something else that comes to my mind, and it is what the Lord has laid on my heart, and it's very plainly given in this text. The verse says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And I have, over the last couple of days, had this strong inclination that if we could experience as a church a revival of joy, that would be an inexplicably amazing thing, and it would bring something to the people of God that perhaps we've been overlooking or missing for some time. And this is important. It's important in Scripture. It was important to Jesus in John 15 and verse 11. Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. In John 17, in verse 13, as he is praying, Jesus says, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. 
So right off the bat here, we understand two things about joy. I mean, maybe more I could say, but certainly we know this, that joy is something that comes from Jesus to us. There has to be a connection between Christ and us for us to really have joy, and not just joy, but fullness of joy. The second thing that is clearly seen in those verses is that Jesus shows us that joy and that connection of us receiving his joy is found through his words, the things that he has spoken to us, spoken over us, spoken into us. So we cannot have joy without the words of Jesus. And the more we get the words of Jesus into our life, the more joy we're going to be able to experience. And we need joy. What is joy? What is joy? What does joy bring? I I still have my co-pilot of the day with me, Benjamin here, and I posed the question to him earlier, what brings joy to your life? What, what, what makes you joyful? Being with my friends and family. What about being with friends and family you think causes you to feel joyful? How, how does it make you feel to be with friends and family? Happy. Happy. Maybe loved. Maybe there's love involved in that. So I think all those things go together. All right, those are good answers. So I ask you as a listener, what makes you feel joyful? What brings joy in your life? What is joy? So that's, that's a good question. At its most basic definition, it is an emotion of feeling good. Benjamin just said, I feel happy. That's, that's part of being joyful. It's a sense of wellness in the soul. It's that good feeling way deep down inside of us. But now here's the thing. What's amazing about it is that we are told in the Bible that we're to have joy. We're commanded to be joyful. And yet, joy is not something that we can just work up or produce of ourselves. We know that it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 22, 23. Love, joy, peace, these are fruit of the Spirit. So I can't just generate joy in my life, and yet I'm commanded to have it. Now, that's a really interesting thing to think about. How can God require something of me that I cannot produce? Well, it helps me understand that to have joy, I have to have God. And that's a good thing. To be and to be becoming the kind of Christian who understands that God requires things of me which I cannot fulfill in and of myself, that means I know that I have to look to him and lean on him and live in God or it won't happen. Now, part of the trouble with our joy shortage in these days is not that there is actually a shortage of joy. God has plenty of joy to share with us. But the trouble is that people are often looking in all the wrong places for joy. We're hanging our hope of joy on things working out well in our life, or we're expecting others to do or say the things that will make us feel joyful. But we have to get back to the understanding that joy is something the Spirit of God produces in us. Now, though the Spirit produces joy in me through Jesus, It's not a mindless thing on my part. I am told that my soul plays a vital part in this process. Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now that is a command, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. In other words, Paul is saying there, you got to choose this and you got to go after it, this thing of joy. Choose joy, go after joy, you're commanded to do this. Be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord. 
Be glad in the Lord. Find all kind of ways, all kinds of thoughts and ideas and practices to make your whole heart, soul, and body happy in God. And I was thinking about that word, rejoice. Rejoice. Sounds a lot like, you know, restart or renew. And I think about renew, I think about a library book. And if I've borrowed a book from the library and I've enjoyed that book and I want to keep reading it maybe, but time's up, then I go renew that. So basically that means I go back to where I got it from and I say, I'd like to keep this a little bit longer. I renew it. And in the same way, that's what this word rejoice is kind of saying to us, but rejoice, rejoice. Now, I know what renew, make it new again, so how do I make it joyce again? I was trying to figure that out. What is a joyce? Well, the word joyce is actually based on the old French word jour. Does anybody listening or anybody in the room know French? Well, have you ever heard the expression bonjour? Yeah. You know what that means? People usually say bonjour, bonjour, or bonjourno, or however they say it. They usually say that to somebody who is leaving to go somewhere. And if I'm not mistaken, it means, bonjour means travel well, travel in gladness. And the word joyce is based on that old French word jour, J-O-I-R, and it simply means to be glad. So if we're going to rejoice, it means what made you glad before? And whatever that was, go back and get it again. Go back and get more joy. And so that then would be a good question for us to consider. What has brought joy into our heart? Now, we already know that joy comes from God. We cannot produce it in ourselves. So whatever brings joy has to be connected to God. How do I go back and get the joy in my life? Well, I wrote down three things that I would like to share with you this morning on this subject. What made me glad before? And how do I go back and get it again? All right, so these are just the thoughts that come to my mind. Number one, I can think about God. I can think about God. Now, that is something that all of us can do. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. We can think about God, who is the source of our joy. David said in Psalm 16, verses 8 and 9, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth, and my flesh also shall rest in hope. So because I have set the Lord before me, I am thinking about God. I am focusing on God. I am keeping him in my, my viewpoint, or point of view, however you want to say it. But because I'm thinking about God, therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth, and my, my flesh rests in hope. And so we can think about God. Thinking about God will bring joy. You can't think about God in the right way for very long and not experience joy. Thinking about God is a way of being with God. It is a way of prayer. And that would be my second thing. If I want to get joy again, I can and must pray for it. We can and we're given permission to pray. Jesus said in John 16 and verse 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So if I'm going to make any application at all of that verse, I'm going to say that I'm allowed to ask for the purpose of joy being full in me. Now, I may be asking or praying over some other particular thing, but Jesus says, ask, bring it to me, ask in my name, and you're going to receive. And the reason 
that your prayers are answered is so that you can have joy. And so certainly what would be wrong with asking the Lord to give us his joy? Remember the verse I read earlier. Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. He wants us to be joyful in him. So I can think about God as the source of joy. I can pray for joy, and we, we, we must. This should be a part of our regular prayer life. Lord, give me your joy. Make your joy full in me. Help me to experience that. But thirdly, I can remember that joy is not circumstantial. It is something that God can give even if times are not good. In my toughest days, I can still have joy. In fact, we can make the case from the Bible that as a result of our toughest days, we will experience the most joy. Joy is something that even when we're going through the hard times, we can be assured joy is on the way by order of God. Psalm 30 and verse 5 tells us weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So joy is not a product of a life where everything is awesome. I mean, it's great if everything is awesome, but it's not very often that everything is awesome, right? Life has a lot of ups and downs. But joy is actually the product of the trials that we go through. It's actually presented in Scripture as sort of like a a medicine for the soul when we're going through times of grief. Matter of fact, let me read that to you out of Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Jesus. Remember, he reads this passage in Luke when he stands up in the synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, and here it is, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And so it's almost like joy is presented as as a a medicine for our soul when we go through the grief. So God is going to prescribe joy for our times of grief. That's almost exactly what you see presented in Scripture. Now listen, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Peter, speaking of going through the trial, says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Where does that joy unspeakable and full of glory come from? It comes as a result of these manifold temptations And in those times of trial, fixing our attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he comes to us in those times in ways that we just cannot even understand or express. I mean, it's unspeakable and full of glory. And so we can embrace even the difficult times of our life, knowing that God will give us joy. It's coming. It's on the way. So I can think about God who is the source of my joy. I can and must pray for joy, and I can remember that joy is not circumstantial. God gives joy through, in, and as a result of 
the hard times that we go through. So we'll leave you with those thoughts today. We got a song to take us off the air, another one that speaks of gladness. But uh, before we go, I want to say goodbye to everyone, and maybe my co-pilot would like to say goodbye. Adios. Wow, we got French, and now we got some Spanish. So there you have it. Thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.